Welcome to the Bob Harden Show, bringing you news and commentary to keep you informed and enjoying life on the Paradise Coast. And now, here's your host, Bob Harden. Good morning. Thanks so much for joining us here on the show. It's brought to you in part by the good folks at Johnson's Air Conditioning. Johnson's Air Conditioning is Naples' longest established air conditioning company. I hope you give them a call. The website is johnsonsairconditioning.com. Also brought to you by Life in Naples magazine. Be in the know and stay up to date by reading Life in Naples. The website is lifeinnaples.net. We have a terrific show lined up for you today, including special guest Keith Flaw, co-founder of the Florida Citizens Alliance, doing a terrific job in uh, improving public education, which is already quite good here in Florida. In public schools. We'll also visit with Michael Cannon, the Director of Health Policy Studies at the Cato Institute. Seton Motley is the founder and president of Less Government, and we'll catch up on the local news with the former mayor of Naples, Bill Barnett. It is April the 20th, and on this day in 1898, President William McKinley asked Congress to declare war on Spain. In 1895, Cuba, located less than 100 miles south of the United States, attempted to overthrow Spanish colonial rule. The rebels received financial assistance from private U.S. interests and used America as a base of operations from which to attack. The Spanish military responded with brutal force. Approximately 100,000 Cuban civilians died in the wretched conditions within the Spanish concentration camps between 1895 and 1898. McKinley originally tried to avoid any armed conflict with Spain, but the American media, uh, led by newspaper baron Randolph Hearst, lambasted McKinley as weak and whipped up popular sentiment for a war to give Cubans their independence. On February the 17th, 1898, the battleship USS Maine moored in Havana Harbor. It sank after being rocked by two explosions. Uh, two, 252 men on board were killed. Hawks in the media and within the government immediately blamed Spain and McKinley ab- abandoning his hopes for neutrality in the Cuban missile conf- Cuban-Spanish conflict bowed to congressional calls for war. It was later discovered that the explosion was caused by the spontaneous ignition of faulty ammunitions aboard the main. Swift, successful naval battles in the Philippines and the Army's capture of Santiago and Puerto Rico, led to the, by future President Theodore Roosevelt and his band of Rough Riders, entered what became known as the Spanish-American War in four months with relatively few casualties for the United States. The quick success boosted American confidence, leading to further intervention in foreign affairs and the attempt to liberate what were, in the eyes of U.S. governments, at least oppressed nations yearning for democracy and independence. Although contemporary of, contemporaries of McKinley and Roosevelt called it a splendid little war, the Spanish-American War is now viewed by most historians as a war of American imperialism. <clears throat> First attempt to change other people's worlds. Uh, you know, I, I'm much more of a isolationist than this. Well, Robert F. Kennedy, the anti-COVID-19 vaccine champion environmental lawyer, formally launched his bid for the uh, Democrat 2024 presidential nomination on Wednesday. The 69-year-old nephew of the late President John F. Kennedy and son of former U.S. Attorney General and assassinated in 1968 presidential candidate Robert Kennedy made the announcement at the Park Plaza Hotel in Boston, just uh, next door to where we used to live in Boston. His wife, actress Cheryl Hines, introduced him on stage ahead of the announcement. Uh, Again, uh, for me, if we have to have a Democrat in the White House, 
of all the people I can think of, I think Robert Kennedy would probably be the best. Probably too too liberal on so many different fronts, but certainly gets it when it comes to proper health care. And we need some support and some knowledge in that area in the White House. American workers have effectively taken a pay cut for the past 24 straight months as inflation consistently outpaces wage growth on President Biden's watch. That according to federal data. Real average hourly earnings, a measure of wages after adjustments for inflation, have declined year over year for every month dating back to April 2021, just a few months after Biden took office, according to the data. Uh, House Speaker Kevin McCarthy highlighted the alarming trend in a speech at the New York Stock Exchange on Monday, arguing that Biden's administration of reckless spending has exacerbated the economic toll on U.S. households. It's so true. A record 69% of public households' negative views about the economy uh, both now and in the future, according to the latest CNBC All-America Economic Survey. President Joe Biden's approval rating fell by two percentage points to 39%, and his disapproval rating rose by a a point to 55% compared with November. Just 24% say now is a good time to invest in stocks, also the lowest rating in the survey's 17-year history. Well, usually when sentiment is low for buying stocks, uh, that's probably a good time to think about buying. Although I don't know about the the headwinds right now are pretty hard in in uh, in the economy. House Republican leadership says during a conference meeting on Tuesday that the House will vote on a plan to raise the debt ceiling with spending cuts and other reforms next week. The House Republican Conference met on Tuesday morning to discuss passing a debt ceiling plan to pressure President Joe Biden and Congressional Democrats into negotiating a longer-term deal. The House will likely try to pass the bill before Congress's lower chamber leaves for recess on April the 28th. The House Republican plan would include lifting the debt ceiling by until May 2024. 10-year spending caps, a clawback of unspent coronavirus aid money, a inclusion of Republicans' sweeping energy bill, the Lower Energy Cost Act, Work Requirement, and RAINS Act, which would allow Congress to roll back the regulatory state. House Speaker Kevin McCarthy said during the conference meeting that the House Republicans should pass the debt ceiling bill to increase the GOP's, GOP's negotiating ability with Biden, who has refused to discuss any potential reforms or spending cuts as America continues to experience historical levels of inflation. The Republican Speaker said that he's open to adding other measures to the debt ceiling bill. However, he argued that it should not include a repeal of the green ta- energy tax credits or defunding the additional 80,000 IRS agents, as that would provide the Senate a legislative vehicle to raise the debt ceiling. Although Republicans have a slim majority in the House, Representative Patrick McHenry, the chair of the House Financial Services Committee, said that he is confident the Republicans can obtain the votes to pass the bill. It's been questionable up to this point. I hope they can. It would uh, be a big negotiating tool for McCarthy. Well, President Joe Biden and First Lady Jill Biden reported a federal adjusted gross income of $579,514, according to the 2022 federal income tax returns, which were released by the White House on Tuesday. The President and the First Lady filed their income tax jointly uh, and paid $169,820 in combined federal Delaware and Virginia income taxes. 
The uh, president and the first lady uh, paid $137,678 in federal tax, $29,023 in Delaware income tax, and the first lady also reported paying $3,139 in Virginia income tax for her teaching at Northern Virginia Community College. Hey, by the way, did you know that she's a doctor? In any event, uh, I wonder if Joe now and uh, his wife Jill think that they're paying their fair share. <clears throat> I don't think they are. Uh, And how about all that income for the big guy? Where's all that? A letter on Friday from Representative Chris Smith uh, to Defense Secretary Lloyd Austin condemned the Biden administration's decision to end the contract for provision of pastoral care by a community of Franciscan clergy to service members and veterans at Walter Reed National uh, Military Medical Center. I've reported on this story before, but this is just alarming. According to the letter, a letter as of March 31st, the Biden administration contracted with for-profit Mac Global LLC, a defense contractor self-described as your one-stop procurement for janitorial supplies, industry machinery, aggregates, and raw materials. Can you believe that? They're replacing Franciscan monks with a bunch of janitors. This highlights the questionable judgment of officers awarding a Catholic... Catholic pastoral care uh, contract to a for-profit company uh, best suited to provide industrial services instead of a Catholic religious institution with a strong record of providing pastoral services. Well, it doesn't, quite frankly, this is just more evidence of the assault of this administration on religion and the Catholic Church. Uh, just think about the uh, those that were singing hymns in front of the Planned Parenthood and ended up getting arrested. So many instances where uh, this is the case. This is uh, definitely weaponization of uh, these agencies here in the United States. With the Democrat Party essentially his property, George Soros uh, stretched his empire to the brethren of local elected officials who, if manipulated, can rebrand American justice into social justice. He has pumped for over $40 million into normally low-cost, run-of-the-mill local prosecutor races to overwhelm any pro-cop, law-and-order candidate who might run. To date, Mr. Soros has funded, now get this, 75 pro-criminal prosecutors, guys just like Alvin Bragg across the nation, uh, that according to a report on the Legal uh, Enforcement Legal Defense Fund, which backs the police. The $40 million is a drop in the bucket to the $32 billion that backs his political empire, wrote Matt Palumbo, author of Soros Alert Book, The Man Behind the Curtain. We have to have Matt on the show here sometime in the near future to talk about that. 75 pro-criminal prosecutors for pretty short money. Uh, to me, it's a, it's a brilliant move on his part, although he's evil, and we have to counteract this with some sort of accountability like limited liability protection for uh, district attorneys. A decorated supervisory IRS agent told the Justice Department, top watchdog, that federal prosecutors appointed by Joe Biden have engaged in preferential treatment and politics to block criminal tax charges against the presidential son, Hunter Biden. The whistleblower's evidence refutes statements that Attorney General Merrick Garland recently made to Congress that the decision to bring charges against Biden were being left to the Trump-appointed U.S. attorney for Delaware. Uh, It's been confirmed that uh, agents' allegations involved in Hunter Biden's probe being led by Delaware U.S. Attorney David Weiss, 
a Trump holdover, according to multiple interviews with uh, people directly familiar with the matter. So he is having influence, and he is making calls to the Justice Department and running interference. That's our president of the United States uh, for his son, Hunter, for protecting him from uh, uh, criminal uh, charges. Democrat Kentucky uh, Governor Andy Bashir narrowly won in 2019. He's running for a second term in 2023 in a state with a Republican supermajority in the legislature. Though uh, 12 Republicans are running in the May 16th GOP primary, there are three clear frontrunners whose campaigns will largely hinge on issues such as education and crime, while also targeting Bashir's record of a COVID-19 uh, Andy Bashir doesn't represent Kentucky's values, said a candidate, Daniel Cameron, uh, the state's attorney general. I've had to fight Bashir's agenda so many times as attorney general that I decided to do something about it and run to defeat him. Well, good luck on that. I hope, I hope it works. And finally, in this segment, India is on track to surpass China by mid-2023 as the world's most populous nation. United Nations data shows said Wednesday that uh, raising questions about whether a booming young Indian population will fuel economic growth for years to come or become a liability, well, uh, from my knowledge and just by inductive reasoning, uh, this is going to be a great uh, stimulus for the Indian economy. While India's 254 million people between ages 25, 15 and 24, 254 million between the ages of 15 and 24, it's the largest number in the world, and China is struggling with aging population and stagnant population growth. This has sparked expectations that the demographic changes could pave the way for India to become an economic and global heavyweight, and I suspect they will. They're also, of course, a nuclear power as well. This segment of the show brought to you by the good folks at Johnson's Air Conditioning, Naples' longest established air conditioning company. I hope you'll visit johnsonsairconditioning.com. Also brought to you by Life in Naples magazine. Be in the know and stay up to date by reading Life in Naples. The website is lifeinnaples.net. Coming up, we're going to visit with Keith Law, co-founder of the Florida Citizens Alliance. That and more right here on the Bob Harden Show on the Bob Harden Broadcasting Network. I'm Bob Harden, the host of the Bob Harden Show. One of my favorites for breakfast or lunch is Lulabee's Diner, providing great service, fabulous food, and a rockin' good time. Lulabee's Diner is a throwback to the 60s, complete with great music and a fabulous 60s decor. What I like best is a blend of great food, great value, and terrific service. Most of the friendly waitstaff has been part of Lulabee's for years. I enjoy the great choices for breakfast and lunch, and you'll find the menu has everything and anything to satisfy your taste. Lulabee's offers catering, party platters, lunch boxes, and more. Lulabee's Diner will quickly become one of your favorites for breakfast or lunch. No reservations are needed. Check out the website at lulabees.com and stop by Lulabee's Diner, open from 8 a.m. until 2 p.m., seven days a week. Lulabee's Diner in the Green Tree Shopping Center at the corner of Immokalee and Airport Pulling Roads. Stop by Lulabee's Diner for fabulous food and for a forever cool rockin' good time. (laughs) 
Collier County Sheriff Kevin Rambaugh says the number one reason the elderly become victims is isolation. The Collier Senior Center goes a long way in keeping seniors connected with the community and with each other. The Collier Senior Center, located at 4898 Coronado Parkway in Golden Gate, provides comprehensive information regarding services and resources that affect the quality of life of older adults and their caregivers in Collier County, empowering them to maintain independent and meaningful lives. Here's Esther Lully, director of Collier Senior Center. Everyone, every senior is welcome. There's diversity there. It's vibrant. It's a caring atmosphere. So there's a reason we offer the services and programs that we do. We want to help enrich the lives of senior members and provide support to their caregivers. Want to find out more? Visit CollierSeniorCenter.org. That's CollierSeniorCenter.org. Or call the Collier Senior Center at 239-252-4541. That's 252-4541. Welcome back to the Bob Harton Show. And now here's your host, Bob Harton. Thanks so much for joining us here on the show. It's brought to you in part by internationalhealthplans.com. If you're planning on traveling abroad, you should know that most health insurance plans here in the United States don't cover international travel. So you don't want to be abroad and get sick or hurt and uh, not have insurance. And, uh, you can get it for pretty short money by uh, visiting the website internationalhealthplans.com, internationalhealthplans.com. Coming up, uh, we're going to be visiting with Seton Motley, the founder and president of Less Government. Right now we have with us Keith Flaw. Keith is the co-founder and CEO of the Florida Citizens Alliance. Keith, thank you so much for joining us. Good morning, Bob. Good morning, Keith. Tell us about the Florida Citizens Alliance. Well, we're a grassroots coalition of uh, folks across the state. We're now over 250,000 uh, people strong. Uh, we focus on uh, K-12 education, uh, trying to get rid of the indoctrination and protect our children from some of the crazy stuff going on public schools. Yeah, absolutely. And uh, I will say having a great influence in uh, our state legislature as well as with the governor's office and uh, Department of Education and the consequence being leading to better education in the last decade uh, through your efforts. So congratulations on everything you've done. Thank you. Uh, we're just a couple of weeks left at the legislative uh, session. Uh, any update for us? Uh, actually, I got a call from the governor's office yesterday uh, asking us for a quote on a bill that passed the Senate floor yesterday, and it's on the House floor. Wow. It's called the Protection of Children uh, Bill, um, and it will have, a, in my opinion, I'm no lawyer, but it'll have a direct effect on what uh, the Naples City Council did um, five or six weeks ago when they uh, passed a, uh, or provided a permit for the, the gay parade uh, the gay pride parade uh, with a uh, drag queen uh, show involved. Hmm. Uh, the bill actually um, prohibits any government entity from issuing a permit um, uh, that, that would authorize authorize a person to commit a performance like that. And it provides a first-degree misdemeanor uh, for the person involved uh, so it would be a one year minimum one year jail sentence. So, wow. um, pretty pretty strong. Uh, the bill takes effect as soon as it's signed into law. Uh, the fact that the governor's office was calling us for a quote uh, was interesting from several perspectives. One, 
Uh, obviously, they recognize some of the influence we've had, but more importantly, um, that says to me the governor's going to sign this bill. So, yeah. uh, uh, so uh, uh, you know, for all those Naples residents who were concerned about that, stay tuned. I think it'll have an effect. Well, in terms of um, in terms of First Amendment, I mean, anybody should be able to get a parade uh, permit as long as the behavior is legal. And I guess the part that is concerning is the drag queen or whatever it's going to be uh, that's being part of this parade. Right, and and it's uh, you know it's defined as uh, and again I'm not a lawyer, but a lewd. Um, um, it actually uh, falls under a chapter eight eight twenty seven dot one one. Uh, which is uh, aggravated child abuse okay. um, for l- lewd and lascivious actions. So, yes, um, it's uh, uh, it's going to be interesting to see how it plays out. Not only here in, in Naples, but there are many uh, uh, cities across uh, Florida that uh, do something similar. So, uh, of course, can uh, can you imagine this day and age that we'd have to pass a law about something like that? It's unbelievable. No, no. It, it is. Um, the other bill, that's uh, a set of bills that uh, that is somewhat um, um, related, I guess not directly related, but it has to do with kids for sure, and that is uh, the gender clinical uh, intervention uh, bill. It's passed both cha- both uh, committees in um, in both chambers and it's headed to the floor in both, and it literally provides a third degree felony for any medical professional who um, provides any kind of surgical. Uh, mutilization of a uh, of a minor or puberty blockers, uh-huh. and it requires that, uh, uh, in addition to a third degree felony, which is a, up to a five year jail sentence, that the um, medical professional lose their license uh, to practice. So, um, you know, some good stuff going on in in the area of protecting our minors from this kind of stuff. Uh, it certainly is, and uh, that's in the context of what you're seeing around the country, where uh, some, uh, for example, government systems or uh, school systems are not even allowing parents to know about gender identification or whatever discussions they might be having with a child with regard to these yeah. these uh, as- right. activities. Uh, one other point I'll mention real quickly. Yesterday, the State Board of Education uh, passed a, a, a rule that would prevent uh, t- a teaching um, gender dysphoria to ninth grade through 12th grade, the legislature has in both chambers, it's on the floor of both chambers, a bill that would expand the, you know, what the left called don't say gay last year uh, for K through three. It expands it on both ends from pre-K all the way to eighth grade. And now with the state board of education, it actually extends it all the way through 12th grade. So uh, that that's another bill that's on both. uh, uh, It's passed all of its committees and will, uh, clearly uh, pass, uh, you know, and get the governor's support. And by the way, don't say gay is a pejorative made up by the left. (laughs) The bill has nothing to do with uh, don't say gay. It's just uh, incredible how the mainstream media tends to support the Democrat narrative. No, for sure. Um, You know, it just protects our kids from uh, classroom instruction that's teaching gender dysphoria. Yeah. Now at at every age level in uh, K through 12. Uh, pre-K through 12, actually. So it's good stuff. Good stuff, indeed. Again, uh, any other good news, uh, Keith? Well, I'd like to mention that we have a, a, a significant event coming up here locally uh, just across the border in Lee County. Um, it's uh, going to be at the Collaboratory on the 29th of April. Uh, it's uh, uh, 
micro school symposium. Uh, we, we've initiated a major program this year across the state to help uh, moms and dads uh, build um, micro schools, mini schools, one room schoolhouses. And so we're holding a symposium that uh, will help people understand the uh, four different partners that we have that give them some options in making it very easy for, for parents to take control of their child's education and get them out of government schools. So we're excited about that. And you can go to our website, oflca.org, uh, events, and sign up, and we would welcome and love to have you join us. And it's great uh, if some parents are concerned about taking on the burden of homeschooling and they don't like public schools. This is a terrific option to get together with some neighbors and friends and, de- and develop kind of a one-school system, uh, schoolhouse uh, to provide education. And it's proliferating around the state, isn't it? It absolutely is. And it's so easy. Yeah. Um, you know, it, it, most people have this uh, crazy notion that, you know, that they're not smart enough to educate their children. Um, and when you think about the folks that are in these government schools that are educating our kids and what they're doing, um, you know, it's, it's just, uh, it's so easy to, in today's world with all of the tools that are now provided to do a, to start a one-room schoolhouse and save your kids from, uh, you know, the, 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 the physical and mental abuse that's going on in the schools. Absolutely. Again, Keith Law, yeah. co-founder of the Florida Citizens Alliance. I encourage you to go to the very robust website goflca.com to find out more goflca.com keith really appreciate your commentary here on the show thanks so much for joining us have a great weekend bob you as well thank you keith all right coming up we're going to be visiting with michael cannon he is a director of health policy studies at the cato institute we're going to do that and more right here in the bob harden show on the bob harden broadcasting network <laughs> Stay tuned for more of the Bob Harton Show here on the Bob Harton Broadcasting Network. Do you have questions about your retirement? Ameriprise Private Wealth Advisor Jason Nardella with Nardella Financial Group, a private wealth advisory practice of Ameriprise Financial Services, LLC, can help. With the exclusive Confident Retirement Approach, you'll work together to develop a retirement roadmap to get you where you want to go. Call Nardella Financial Group today at 239-325-1041. That's 239-325-1041. Office is located at 9015 Stratistel Court, Suite 103, Naples, Florida. The Confident Retirement Approach is not a guarantee of future financial results. Investment advisory products and services are made available through Ameriprise Financial Services, LLC, a registered investment advisor. Finish what you started with the Hodges University Wheel. You can complete your bachelor's degree in as little as one year with your previously earned credits. What's the wheel? It's a customized bachelor's degree in organizational management. Learn about and apply the business, management, and leadership skills you need to advance your career. You can get unmatched educational experience with classes held once a week on campus in Fort Myers, in Port Charlotte, or Naples. You'll be immersed in classes taught by professors with real-world experience in the areas of business, management, and leadership. This degree can be applied to all areas of professional career. Learn more by calling 239-938-7700. That's 239-938-7700. Or visit hodges.edu. Stay near and go far with Hodges University.
Welcome back to the Bob Harden Show. And now here's your host, Bob Harden. Thanks so much for joining us here on the show. It's brought to you in part by Golf Shore Playhouse, changing lives through exceptional theater experiences. And I hope you'll uh, check out the website, get some tickets. GolfShorePlayhouse.org is the website. GolfShorePlayhouse.org. Coming up, we're going to visit with Seton Motley, the founder and president of Less Government. Right now, we have with us Michael Cannon. He, Michael, is the director of health policy studies at the Cato Institute. Michael, thank you so much for joining us. Great to be back, Bob. Thank you, Michael. Tell us about the Cato Institute. We are a libertarian think tank. We uh, are in Washington, D.C., and have scholars really around the world. Uh, We advocate both in Washington, D.C. and in uh, other countries, uh, state capitals around the United States, the traditional American ideas of individual liberty, limited government, free markets, and peace. Live and let live. <laughs> in other words, without imposing on the rights of others to be able to live a free life according to your own will. Uh, Cato.org is the website. C-A-T-O.org. Terrific organization. So, Michael, right now there's a discussion going on, bannering back and forth about uh, the debt ceiling. And I'm just wondering uh, if there's any concerns or any thoughts that you have about, uh, especially in the area of health care, that you have about the, uh, the discussion. Yeah, so this is a really important issue, even though it doesn't seem to relate directly to health care. But the federal government's been running deficits for years and years. The deficit is currently about 5% of U.S. GDP. That is, that is pretty high. That's, it's $1.4 trillion, and that amounts to 5.5% of GDP. The average for the past 50 or so years the average deficit has been 3.5% of GDP. So this is significantly larger. It's mm-hmm. over a trillion dollars. And the accumulated debt that, that uh, the, the uh, federal government has amassed uh, is now about 100% of GDP, just shy of everything that we produce in this country uh, on an annual basis. If you wanted to take all of the food out of everybody's mouths and, and put all of uh, uh, everything that we produce uh, toward eliminating the deficit, it would it would take just that. It would take one about one hundred percent of U.S. GDP. Um, we'd all starve, but you know the, the deficit would be gone. <laughs> You're right. And and so there's a problem here, Bob, because if you know the old rule, if something cannot go on forever, eventually it must stop. Yes. Well, you can't keep running up the credit card like this. Uh, eventually. The people who are loaning the federal government money are going to start wondering if the federal government is ever going to pay it all back. And when they do that, we could run into something like a Greek-style debt crisis. That's what happened in Greece. Their their national debt was too high. Investors said, you know what, we're not going to borrow or we're not going to lend you money anymore until you pay us back. And, and uh, their government had to go through a wrenching period of trying to increase taxes, of, of cutting spending that a lot of people depended on. And this is where we get to health care. Yeah. There, are, there are hundreds or tens of millions, really more than 100 million people in this country who are dependent on government for their health care. And it is incredibly dangerous to keep enrolling more people in those programs as states like North Carolina are trying to do with Obamacare's Medicaid expansion when those programs are going to be on the chopping block, either because Congress gets religion 
and decides it has to cut spending before there's a debt crisis or when a debt crisis forces Congress's hand. And so that brings us to the debt ceiling debate that the that Congress is having right now. Congress only has legal authority to issue so much debt. There is a ceiling, a legal a statutory ceiling on how much debt they can uh, they can issue. Congress is going to hit that soon, and unless they raise the debt ceiling, they're going to have to cut spending or raise taxes dramatically. Uh, let, Michael, let me let me add, if I may, that right now the president has announced a, a, an intent to issue an executive order to provide Obamacare for illegal aliens. What's the expense going to be of that? Uh, I haven't seen any uh, estimates of the cost of that. There is a statutory prohibition on those subsidies going to people who are not in the country lawfully. But, you know, I, I can rattle off. Uh, maybe half a dozen ways yeah. that 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 the Obama and Biden administrations have expanded Obamacare beyond what the law allows, yep. and that that courts have sort of winked at. So who knows if if the if President Obama or President uh, Biden would get away with uh, doing something like that? But you know, I I would even feel for those folks uh, because they would be relying on a source of health insurance. That is going to be the first thing on the chopping block when Congress finally bumps up against a budget constraint. Uh, what what Speaker McCarthy has proposed is he has proposed some cuts in federal spending in order to go along with raising the debt limit. And some of the some of the cuts he's proposed come in the form of requiring Medicaid enrollees to work if what they want to do is you know keep receiving taxpayer subsidized health care. This is especially uh, important in the 41 or so states that have expanded Medicaid under the authority that Obamacare creates for them to do so, because that Medicaid expansion population is able-bodied adults, generally childless able-bodied adults who don't fit the definition of disabled or else they would have been enrolled in Medicaid already. And right now, there's no work requirement on those folks receiving uh, taxpayer-subsidized Medicaid coverage, and the Speaker wants to require them to do so as one of the uh, conditions of his going along with the debt ceiling increase. Yeah, I think it's a great idea. I mean, uh, I'm on the board of the Foundation for Government Accountability, and we've been promoting, uh, I mean, maybe for the last decade, the whole notion of work requirements for able-bodied single people and uh, if you don't have a job, there's a requirement at least to go out and be looking for a job a certain number of times per month and so forth. So it's it's not arduous, but it basically is a way to help people get more meaning in their lives. Once they get a job, they get off of welfare, start uh, getting off the dole. But it also creates a tremendous incentive for you know for uh, uh, for self-esteem, and there's just a number of benefits beyond just the dollars that are involved. The Foundation for Government Accountability has done terrific work in this area, including doing polling research on, yeah. on what the public thinks about this idea, and the public loves this idea. Yeah, yeah. It, 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 it polls extremely well, and that's why Republicans are press. one of the reasons Republicans are pressing it and, and why Democrats really hate this issue, because uh, it, it, it puts them on the wrong side of the public. Yeah. So interesting. Well, you know, anytime you're expanding government involvement with uh, something like healthcare, I mean, it's it's not you know, 
The road to hell is paved with good inf- intentions, and all the good intentions that Democrats might have with regard to this uh, one-payer system, single-payer system, and so forth, it's just bad news. We need to move more closely or, or away from government involvement and more towards private markets to solve our problems. The Medicaid program seems necessary only because government has done so much to drive up the cost of medical care, yeah. to drive up prices for medical care, and to deny people of the money that they have earned by spending on, among other things, expensive government health care programs. Yeah. If the government were not doing those things, then, then the number of people with unmet medical needs, people who could not afford health insurance and medical care themselves would be much, much smaller, and the Medicaid program would seem less necessary. And, of course, medicine, medicine itself and health care would be less expensive because, the, uh, uh, again, consumers driving uh, the, uh, the market. Uh, Michael, I just genuinely appreciate, I wish we could extend the conversation, I just genuinely appreciate your uh, involvement and concern about this and uh, your commentary here on the show. Thank you so much for joining us. Glad to be here, Bob. Thank you much. My pleasure, indeed. Okay, coming up, we're going to be visiting with uh, Seton Motley, the founder and president of Less Government. We're going to do that and more right here in the Bob Harden Show on the Bob Harden Broadcasting Network. Stay tuned for more of the Bob Harden Show here on the Bob Harden Broadcasting Network. Finish what you started with a Hodges University wheel. You can complete your bachelor's degree in as little as one year with your previously earned credits. What's the wheel? It's a customized bachelor's degree in organizational management. Learn about and apply the business, management, and leadership skills you need to advance your career. You can get unmatched educational experience with classes held once a week on campus in Fort Myers, in Port Charlotte, or Naples. You'll be immersed in classes taught by professors with real-world experience in the areas of business, management, and leadership. This degree can be applied to all areas of professional career. Learn more by calling 239-938-7700. That's 239-938-7700. Or visit Hodges.edu. Stay near and go far with Hodges University. Do you suffer from joint pain in your shoulders, hips, or knees? I was suffering from debilitating pain in my knees. On a referral, I saw Dr. George Markovich with the Institute for Orthopedic Surgery and Sports Medicine. He successfully treated my symptoms and pain for several months. Finally, having exhausted all alternatives for pain management, Dr. Markovich and I agreed that surgery was my best alternative. Dr. Markovich replaced both of my knees in 2006, and I now have full range of motion in both knees, and I have no pain. I now now play golf and exercise free of debilitating pain in my knees. Don't suffer needlessly with joint pain. Call orthopedic surgeon Dr. George Markovich with the Institute for Orthopedic Surgery and Sports Medicine at 482-5399. That's 482-5399. He did a great job for me and he'll help you too. Bob Harden Show. And now here's your host, Bob Harden. Thanks so much for joining us here on the show. We're providing you news and commentary rooted in a commitment to individual liberty, personal responsibility, limited government, and the rule of law. 
Coming up, we're going to visit with the former mayor of Naples, Bill Barnett. Right now, we have with us Seton Motley. He's the president and founder of a terrific organization. It's called Less Government. We certainly need his help. Uh, Less Government. Seton Motley, thank you so much for joining us. Good morning, sir. Good morning, Seton. Any comments about the work of Less Government? <laughs> yeah. Uh, we're fighting the uphill cause of trying to reduce government. And, uh, you know, just as a real quick aside, I was not a McCarthy fan at all. And he's actually doing some really good work in trying to, uh, you know, this budget fight to address the obviously necessary work of dealing with $32 trillion in debt. So I, I, I'm, I'm, I've been pleasantly surprised in that regard, a, a little more than a little. Yeah, me too. I mean, I'm, I'm really pleased with actually uh, the direction of the things that he is supporting right now. And I like the, the strategy that he's put in place. I hope he can get the, uh, the bill passed, the law passed uh, with the, uh, with Congress, with this. Uh, well, he won't, although he may be, it'll pass the house and then it'll die. Um, but it'll be but a negotiating tool. Uh, well, you've got to have these fights. Yeah. You know, uh, but he puts the bill out, you know, the, Biden demands a bill for two months. Biden gets the bill and then immediately dismisses it without even reading it. Right. And it's that kind of visual aid is what you need. You need to demonstrate that these people are hostage taking. They're not negotiating. Exactly. Well, so uh, you're, uh, you wrote a piece which I found really interesting. Big media finally catches up. Big banks only lending to rich people. It's kind of interesting. Tell us about it. Well, yeah, I've been writing about this for almost two years now, where they've been going after, well, they started about two years ago, they started going after payday lenders. Yeah. And you and I have talked about them. They're the people who lend you money very short term, you know, these poor people with bad credit and low incomes, and their car breaks down, and they need their car to get to work, and it's Tuesday, and they don't get paid till Friday, so they borrow money from these people for three days. Right. And they about two years ago, came under the Soren's eye in D.C. And they were like, oh, they, 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 you know, they, they amortized the three-day interest rate to a year. And said, so this is a ridiculous interest rate. Yeah. Well, that's not fair because you're not borrowing it at that rate for a year. You're borrowing at it for three days. That's right. And, and on top of that, I actually wrote a piece about a year ago. I have over 800 credit. I have a pretty good income. I have a 2% cashback credit card that I run everything I can through because I get the 2% cashback and I pay it off every month for two, you know, for 10 years, for 12 years. And my, and my, my APR, my percentage rate on the credit card is what they pay for payday loans. So here's the thing. Yeah. If you think about it, you know, if in fact you've got a flat tire, bald tire, you, you, you know, you need to buy tires and you, uh, and you don't get paid until Friday and you need some money. Facts, you just weigh in your own mind. Is it okay to pay $50 or $40 in interest over the course of three or four days? Or shall That's I lose right. my job and lose my car and lose all my... Right. <laughs> you know, this is the right. ca- kind of situation... And, and Congress and DC's, DC's answer seems to be, yeah, you should lose your job. <laughs> yes, that, That's right. Because that, what they're doing is they're trying to price cap the payday loans. Well, yeah. as we know, price back caps murder the things they cap. Right. Because if you arbitrarily set a, a, a return on investment that's below the investment, no one's going to invest in it. So no one's going to make payday loans, 
and every, and all these people are going to lose their jobs. Right. And like I like I just said, I mean, it's absurd <clears throat> that these big these big banks, Citibank, is charging me what they charge payday lenders amortized over a year. And I have an 800 credit score, and I have a decent income, and I pay back my credit cards all the time for years and years and years and years, and it's the same rate they're paying. Is is Congress going after the big banks? No. No? No. No, they're not, because big banks buy, bribe cronyism out of D.C., and they're going after these tiny little payday lenders. First of all, they killed thousands of small community banks, who, by the way, were the people who lent to poor people yeah. before they went out of – before government drove them out of business and and big banks swallowed the, up their market share they get, they got 30 percent bigger after dodd frank uh you know the too big to fail bill made the big banks bigger right um so then the payday lenders come in to try to provide the service that the small banks did and were driven out of business and now you know the big banks go to dc and say kill them too and so dc's trying to kill them too yeah in the name of helping the little guy which as we just described is the antithesis of helping the little guy. You know, we have the best government that money can buy. <laughs> it's, 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 it, I, 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 I read this in, in a British publication, and I, I, you know, I converted to American. It's, it's almost like D.C.'s a butcher shop, and they're selling the U.S. by the pound. Right. They're chopping it up and, and just selling it to whoever the highest bidder is. And it's just it's nauseating. It's disgusting. And again... I, I've said for many, many years, the, the, everybody talks about the wealth gap, and I agree it's a problem, but not for the reasons they say. The wealth gap is only as big or as small as the size of government. Because as government gets bigger, you have to be wealthier and wealthier to afford that level of government. So as government gets bigger, more and more people fall below that line. So here's so a... The here's wealth a gap is... The, the government is the wedge in the wealth gap. Well, and also uh, our economy is dynamic. Uh, when I was young and uh, started my family, we were very poor and had a very difficult time financially, kind of got on our feet. Uh, we've moved from being perhaps in the fifth quintile of, uh, of, of uh, people on the economic scale up to probably the top uh, one, two, three percent of people. So, you know, to me, this is it's it's just an absurd thing. You know, if it's a land of opportunity, this is not static. It is dynamic. It's dynamic. And and again, the bigger government gets, the harder it is to move up the food chain. Right. Because, you you know, you can't. One of the reasons one of the many reasons I moved down here to Belize was I, I refer to it as poker. The ante to get involved in business down here is so much smaller. Yeah. Because the government is so much smaller. Um, you know, I, I, I'm, I, I, was, I did some real estate development in the U.S., and I can do it down here for a fraction of, of the course. cost yeah, up, up there because the government is less. I told you, I think I've told you before, I bought 85 feet of Caribbean seafront. A lot on the water, and my property tax is ten dollars U.S. a year. <laughs> well, that makes it a little easier to make some moves down here, doesn't it? It certainly does. If I had a friend that does. If you're, he was a real estate developer in Europe, and my friend just said he develops uh, property real estate in Poland. I said, "Why Poland?" He says, "Well, I was doing it in Germany, but the costs, the regu regulatory yeah. costs, everything is so much more." Yeah, I just decided to move my business to uh, Poland. <laughs> he was exactly East Germany being so close in memory to being under the 
communist yoke and the you know they were behind the iron curtain yeah their big their government models are much better in eastern europe hungary poland estonia those countries are much better than than western europe's and and he experienced it firsthand obviously and moved further east for the obvious reasons so we got to keep government small and again lessgovernment.org is the website also you can visit less government on facebook seaton always appreciate your animated commentary here on the show thank you so much for joining us thank you very much sir my pleasure indeed all right coming up uh we're going to be visiting with the former mayor of naples uh bill barnett that and more right here on the bob harden show on the bob harden broadcasting network <laughs> Stay tuned for more of the Bob Harton Show here on the Bob Harton Broadcasting Network. Do you have questions about your retirement? Ameriprise Private Wealth Advisor Jason Nardella with Nardella Financial Group, a private wealth advisory practice of Ameriprise Financial Services, LLC, can help. With the exclusive Confident Retirement Approach, you'll work together to develop a retirement roadmap to get you where you want to go. Call Nardella Financial Group today at 239-325-1041. That's 239-325-1041. Office is located at 9015 Stratistel Court, Suite 103, Naples, Florida. The Confident Retirement Approach is not a guarantee of future financial results. Investment advisory products and services are made available through Ameriprise Financial Services, LLC, a registered investment advisor. Luke Provence Restaurant is a favorite dining destination for many Neapolitans, including Lyndon and myself. Blue Provence, located in a historic building in the heart of Old Naples at Creighton Cove, offers a mix of French bistro cooking with bold, fresh Floridian flavors. Experience award-winning cuisine at Blue Provence and enjoy one of Florida's most extensive, eclectic, and fun wine cellars. Dining to choice are the popular Eden Bar, the intimate Courtyard Garden, or the beautiful Provencal Caribbean Dining Room. Enjoy a wonderful and memorable evening in a casual and relaxed atmosphere that includes a taste of Provencal hospitality. Blue Provence is open seven days a week, all year round. Visit BlueProvenceNaples.com for reservations, everyday specials, and coming events. That's BlueProvenceNaples.com or call 261-8239. That's 261-8239. Blue Provence French Restaurant in the heart of Old Naples. Welcome back to the Bob Harden Show. And now here's your host, Bob Harden. Thanks so much for joining us here on the show. It's brought to you in part by the Foundation for Government Accountability. I proudly serve on their board. Uh, we get the politics and we know the policy. We prepare elected officials to have winning strategies when they go to the legislature. So uh, uh, you can visit the website and find out more. Terrific organization, thefga.org, thefga.org. We have with us the former mayor of Naples, Bill Barnett. Bill, thank you so much for joining us here on the show. Hey, Bob, it is my pleasure, and I, I, will, I will say um, I'm hoping today you have a golf day because it is gorgeous out. Well, in fact, I do, and I'm looking forward to it. <laughs> <laughs> so I can always tell Bob Harden uh, golf day. Yeah, so uh, any any good scoop? Well, sure. Um, it's... Um, Watching a, a very busy, uh, controversial uh, city council this, this past week and the week before we were talking, um, uh, 
I see that they, um, <clears throat> the you know, we had they had a lot of the a lot of citizens show up very very angry about the residential zoning changes uh, that had to do with the proposed land use restrictions, which would uh, they, uh, which would have uh, increased prices on homes. Uh, they were talking about the lot sizes and everything else. Well, they had their consultants come down this time or or get on the air this time he was sick last time and he didn't give any advice whatsoever and the one thing that he said and i heard him the other day uh was uh he said on monday he said well it's not going to make any difference he says you know you don't have to do these you do not need to pass these uh uh these zoning regulations zoning changes Hmm. and so um all the people that were there heard that and uh, so yesterday, uh, their council meeting, they um, they they axed two of them, uh, literally just uh, they killed two residential zoning changes, uh, which is really good. They heeded the advice of um, of of uh, their out, outside council that they had hired, and uh, and um, the public did. I mean, the public just made so much noise, and there were so many speakers. Of different varieties. In other words, you had builders and you had restaurant people, and you had uh, you had about every every and, and homeowners. Uh, everybody was concerned. So uh, I would say um, good for council. Um, the consultant uh, had concluded Naples will be fine without any land use changes. So oh. that that was a big one. They still have a couple of really really big things on their plate coming up because they're running out of time before they take their break. You know they're they're messing with the outdoor dining again, and they have the restaurant the restaurant tours, especially on Fifth Avenue South, um, totally up in arms, Bob. Yeah, I mean totally because look, <clears throat> let's face it, it's not broken. It's been that way. It's 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 um it's viable. It's um you know people enjoy it. They they like sitting outside um, <clears throat> and dining, and they don't really care too much. If it's if it's crowded, um, they like watching the people, and it's, it it gives you you know you've been there. It gives you an yeah. atmosphere kind of fun. Absolutely, so that's yeah. coming in the very near future. I believe. It. Well, to your point, things. if it ain't broke, don't fix it, right? <laughs> yeah. Who yeah, complained about outside dining? I, I, right. Why did, Why is it even an issue? Right. Exactly. We're lucky we have it. Absolutely. You know, you look at look at it that way. Um, so any any good any good scoop on the uh, Naples Beach Hotel and the apparently there was some stoppage on some aspect of that. Oh yeah, Bob. That, I mean that was sad. That was really sad to watch. But, you know they had done um, the the Athens Group has done everything that's been asked of them. They finally came to the to the council with their site plan, uh, which they had. Everything was ready, and McCabe, uh, <coughs> Vice Mayor McCabe, started up a whole hornet's nest that that they were making changes and they weren't telling council and they, they shouldn't approve it uh, without getting some more answers to more questions. And uh, this was after a whole day of presentation. And I will tell you that, um, <clears throat> that uh, Athens was very, was very, very upset. And they do have another option. Uh, their other option really is to go back to the 2019 plan when, they, when, when, uh, when I was mayor and they first brought it up and we approved it, they could still go back to that plan if the council keeps jerking around with this. 
And um, so now they have two weeks or, uh, well, it was, yeah, it's about two weeks now to come back to council <clears throat> with some answers of questions they asked. I don't really know that council can do that because they answered the questions already. Yeah. I mean, things change. And as they very specifically said to council, listen, any changes that are made have to be approved by you anyway. When we change something, um, you know, uh, we will come to you. But the time is money. Time is money. And, and every time they make them stall or they say, no, we're not going to approve this, they had the design review board ready to go. Um, they had everything, you know, they have all their ducks lined up. Yeah. And they have to put a stop in the, in the chain. And um, so that's something to watch in the next couple of weeks, which we'll report in on. So, Bill, can and, you can um, you tell us what aspect of the development there are they questioning? Is it the homes that are built around the golf course? What, what exactly? No, 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 no. They're, they're talking about the actual development itself of the hotel. Okay. And, oh my gosh. Uh, uh, and and the site plan, the way it's drawn, there they're looking at things, little things on there. Um, and the golf course they were talking about. Well, it's going to change, or, or or what have you. And they kept saying, "Look, this is the actual plan. Okay, here it's right in front of you. Yeah. Okay, if anything changes here, we'll let you know, and then you can approve it or deny it. But we're not making any changes." They kept saying that, and and uh, McCabe kept on his horse, and then Hutchison, of course, uh, followed suit, and uh, so it failed uh, like a four-three. Because um, the mayor, of course, goes along with the majority, and um, she, you know, she wanted it stopped anyway. So, um, so now you got to wait a couple of weeks. But, uh, I mean, it's a joke. Well, to uh, your point, time is money. When you have that amount of money and machinery and equipment and all kinds of things tied right. up, if you stop for a couple of weeks, that's millions and millions of dollars. Well, it is, and it's not so much that where. Uh, they're going to stop the whole project. It's it's the it's those those items on that <clears throat> on that development that are 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 basically done. I mean, they feel that they have done everything that was asked. Yeah. And they're not making immediate changes, but yet there are still questions that you know they just keep coming up with these questions, and that's just a, a delay tactic, as far as I'm concerned. Yeah, absolutely. Well. Bill, I just gen genuinely appreciate you bringing us to update on what's happening here locally. Really appreciate your commentary here on the show. Thank you so much for joining us. My pleasure, Bob, and you have yourself a great one, okay? You as well. Thank you, Bill. Well, that's a wrap here on today's show. I hope you enjoyed it. Uh, we've got some great guests for tomorrow, including uh, William Yateman, who is a senior legal fellow with the Pacific Legal Foundation. Uh, Scott Baer, who is uh, the CEO of the Community uh, pregnancy clinics. Larry Bell is the endowed professor at the University of Houston in Space Architecture. He'll be joining us as well. Always appreciate your comments on the show. You can send me an email at bobharden at hotmail.com. And if you enjoy the show, spread the word. Uh, we uh, could always use the support. Our advertisers, advertisers would appreciate it. I hope you make it a great day on the Paradise Coast or wherever you are. Namaste. <laughs>